attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about two people constantly interrupting one another before they finish answering a question are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Mike Pence? Isn't that right, Donald, Donald Trump? Trump? No, I think it's Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton is that right? Or wrong. Sanders. That was Would the you, name you're supposed finish? to say right. over it. It's like they're mansplaining the each other. We are topical. We are. Wow. <laughs> that was a joke written hours ago based on an event that took place hours ago. Hey, that's all right. Multiple Fox times. News said <laughs> that Mike Pence already won the debate before it even aired. Oh, done and done. Topical. Yeah. Moving on. They accidentally leaked that about an hour before the debate. Mike Pence wins debate in triumphant fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. You're uh, not even trying. You're not even trying. <laughs> hey, we got different media to talk about. Movies. Yeah, yeah. It's the movie showcast, part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. We are men of action. Lies do not become us. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. Bring the two together right here on our show every week with rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, and more. You can expect that in the next 90 minutes or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. Every week we bring you a brand new show, absolutely. Paul, I was doing laundry the other day and accidentally left uh, the $1 I have left to my name in the pocket. Ooh. And so I don't have any money for the show today. D- d- now later, can you get the dollar back? You think it would have been ruined by the... Oh, actually, you know what? It doesn't matter. Oh. oh. The show is free. Oh, okay. Ah. The show is free. Amazing. Good, because I was lying about that dollar. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, uh, uh, also, follow us on the free social media. That's at the Movie Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please get interactive. Jump on there and yell at us. Basically, uh, just search the Movie Guys on uh, Bing, Google, or... It's Yahoo. And we come right up. I'm your host for the... Hello, Yahoo. Be careful. Yeah. Right. Remember they had like 500 million... Oh, they got uh, hacked. Names yeah. hacked. Yeah, yeah, and all their information's out there now. But also, also, I just want to say that if you are going to get interactive, we are getting very close to coming back to Western New York, so make sure that you contact Paul and I at themovieguys.net if you want to come to a live taping on, I believe, the 30th? What day are we doing that? That's uh, no, the 23rd. The 23rd. Of October, and you can come down and watch a taping, and if you have a movie that you'd like to promote, come on, uh, let us know, and maybe you can get you on the show. Be a guest. Absolutely. It used to be called Hanging Out. Now we call it Get Interactive. Let's get interactive, everybody. <laughs> let's, intera- let's interface. <laughs> let's interface. Oh. Let's inter- oh. I'm married. I well, feel uncomfortable. What's in her face? <laughs> Just got awkward here. Well. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, Woo. here with the whole gang all together Woo. again, Karen Volpe. Hi there. Okay. At the time of its construction, it was one of the most elegant homes in existence, featuring every luxury, including a face bidet and an anti-Irish security <laughs> fence. <laughs> and Adam Witt. Uh, don't say don't say in stuff, honey. Just say, Dad, there are whores here. <laughs> <laughs> and Bart Caius. Take them take out. Take them down. Do your thing. There we go. <laughs> we're all together again. We're here. We're here. Oh, Burl. We're all uh-huh. That's right. Burl's announcing it. Uh, yeah, the whole gang is here. And of course, wow. as ever, we bring you a guest. Woo! We come to goof on new movies, and we've brought a professional to help us. An award-winning comedian who has hosted shows on the Logo Network and has built up quite a resume as a warm-up comedian at television shows, ta- uh, television show tapings all over, including Chelsea, The Queen Latifah Show, and more. Bridget McManus Yay! is with us. Thank you for having me. You must be spontaneous. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I need more ca- caffeine to keep up with you guys. <laughs> or uh, kombucha. Oh, kombucha. Mm-hmm. I've only heard of this recently. What is it? Disgusting. Well, it's that's, disgusting. That's, right? that's everything in LA. It's 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 just smell hilarious. it. Hilarious. It's just. Is it made of dirt? <laughs> it is made. Of, I wish it was. I would drink the dirt. 
Plenty of minerals in that dirt. It's raw. That smells like vinegar. It is vinegar. It's oh, a. Oh, it's the worst. It's a probiotic kind of oh, thing. But it wakes me up. Wait a minute. It's not, no God, caffeine. It's now I'm told container. by medical professionals probiotics oh. are good. I am also told by medical professionals antibiotics are good. <laughs> what is it? All right. Well, I'm not getting enough biotics in my diet. <laughs> Personally, pro or you like anti- to run the middle. That you're yeah. a centrist. Yeah. You guys, yeah. that just smells like an Easter egg. <laughs> exactly. When you color the Easter egg, the vinegar. Didn't it? It exactly. was Easter egg. Uh, you're drinking you're Easter not egg than us. coloring. You're not better than us. Are you, you douching that? your whole alementary <laughs> canal? Is that what's happening? <laughs> you're fermenting yeah. your body. Look, it wasn't smelling very good, so I figured I'd uh, pour some of this down it. Yeah, that'll help. <laughs> It's uh, the body douche. He's just picking the body. I'm body douching, guys. <laughs> body douche. We're sponsored by Body Douche. You know what? I've met a lot of people who have clearly body douched. <laughs> I don't think I'm one of them. They're on public transportation oh. all over. Wow. All right, let's uh, get to our show's signature event. Movie previews. Prepping you for what's to come in the multiplex or singleplex if you're listening in a very oh. small town. Yes. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's what do you think they call it that? The what? single plex? A complex? The plex. A uniplex? I'm going to go to the plex. No doubt, wherever you are, you're going to get at least one of these movies playing near you, so we'll tell you, spoiler-free, what they're all about, starting with one of those rare movies that retains the title of its first draft, The Girl on the Train. <laughs> <laughs> also, capitalizing on baby movies, Storks and Bridget Jones' Baby comes The Birth of a Nation. Oh. And Sounds later... Sounds cute. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds adorable. Can't wait. Later in the show... Every middle school is filled with the same types of kids. They're the kids you want to hang out with. One for all and all for one. Yeah. Just like the Three Musketeers. And the kids you want to avoid. I'm a loser. Later, Ketchaborian. That's junior high where dreams go to die. <laughs> close. That's middle school, the oh. worst years of my life. So, yes, you were close. With that. But, uh, yeah, so another kids this... movie that looks like a kids movie that we might have dug if we were kids, but we're not, so we're clearly not the demographic. I have not read ahead. But we'll ahead. talk about it anyway. <laughs> I have not read ahead, so I don't know we're going to get into this, but a few points for this movie right off the bat. Right. I didn't see anyone get hit in the nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And, you love that. Or anyone mm-hmm. crap their pants uh, or any of that. Uh, that's a win for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was that movie we watched where the kid just crapped his pants and ran around the church? <laughs> what was that movie? Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I Diar- there we go. <laughs> Diarrhea of a Wimpy Kid. Diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I also thought there were some like cool. There's a little John Hughes in there. There's a little Steve Holland, mm-hmm. and, certainly and, some Steve Holland. Steve Holland. And, and Bart, I will tell you, you, for having no nuts be hit in that, you will not believe the other things this director has made. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, That's it's a uh, deep tease. It's it's yeah. It, that'll be later in the show. But let's get to our first film of the oh, big boy. weekend. Emily Blunt, the girl from Sicario and the girl from Edge of Tomorrow, plays the girl on the train. Emily Blunt is this girl? Karen, Karen, is that right? Um, well, a uh, woman on the train would have been nice because yes. she's older than twelve. But uh, maybe we could even go with lady on the lady train. Lady on the train would have been fine. Karen, sounds like you're the I'm one offended. to talk about this with me. I'm a little offended. Let's talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> it's the latest installment from that Spring Break video series, Girls Gone. <laughs> On trains. Emily Blunt puts her expertise at reliving the same day over and over again to use here as a suspect questioned by police in a murder investigation. How could anyone not believe her? I mean, she's British. Everybody British. They seem very trustworthy, right? She plays a woman struggling to come to terms with the end of her marriage and seeks emotional refuge from a pain of her divorce by watching a seemingly idyllic couple that lives in a house she passes on her way to work 
every day. Oh, sure. When Rachel mm-hmm. watches a couple through the window of their house, it's all cute and romantic. But when I do it, I'm served with a restraining order. <laughs> <laughs> every day she takes a train and watches a couple have sex. Okay, we've all taken the subway and seen that, right? But what, <laughs> what makes this different than riding on the red line is that she witnesses a murder. <gasps> you know, I feel like we've all seen that on the subway, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my it happens. Then one day, while watching the couple from the train, she witnesses something she can't quite explain. And when the woman in the house she's been watching ends up missing, Uh-oh. Rachel fears she may have witnessed the woman's abduction. I guess you could say that girl she was watching is gone, as in gone girl. That's actually a different movie altogether. Yeah. Oh, Paul, is it? Is it? Exactly. Paul. Is it? It's the same movie. <laughs> All right. Well, the similarities between The Girl on the Train and Gone Girl don't end with the, world, with the word girl in the title. They're both about a love triangle where a seemingly innocent spouse comes under suspicion by the media and the authorities alike for the disappearance of their better half. The big difference, though, is that the... In The Girl on the Train, Ben Affleck's part of a one-dimensional emotionless character is played by The Train. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. A little train humor. Now, Rachel eventually tells the cops what she saw. You find this man. You find this man. <laughs> but ends up revealing an affair to a couple living in her old house. <gasps> awkward. And the awkward bar is already pr- set pretty low because she only spends every train ride imagining the couple having sex. So she might be a little crazy. Yes, a crazy person on the train. Where does Hollywood come up with these ideas? It's not so much a who done it as much as a Did I do that? Did I do that? Did I do that? The woman missing may or may not be a complete stranger to Rachel, and so it's not long before suspicion turns to Rachel herself. So what did you do during those hours that night? I don't remember. There's some time missing. Uh-oh, some time missing. All right, look, we don't want to be giving away spoilers here, but the last time we came across a possible suspect who seemed innocent and she claimed they missed time, <laughs> well, I think we all know how that ended. <laughs> I lost time again. It's just a primal fear primal drop. Fear drop. <laughs> so, so I'm not saying that she did it, but I'm also not not saying she didn't. You know what? This whole movie feels like that moment when you're on a train and you're next to another train and you start moving, but you're not sure if it's you moving or the train next to you is moving. That's what this is like. But all the trailers raise a lot of questions like why is her husband now her ex-husband? Whose baby is the nanny taking care of? Was the nanny cheating with someone else like her therapist? And what other secrets are they keeping about the nanny? <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Now I can see why they left that out of the trailer. (laughs) To recap, Emily Blunt plays hot girl number one. Haley Bennett plays hot girl number two. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson plays hot girl number three. And Allison Janney plays Detective Riley. I have been compared to Allison Jeannie (laughs) on many of occasions. Adam, how could you write that? For your talent. For your talent. The movie is also being released worldwide, and its title's been adapted for each of those markets. So, if you're listening overseas in Spain, it will be called La Chica en el Tren. (laughs) In England, it's The Bird on the Tube. (laughs) And in Chicago, That Chick on the Metro. There you go. That's the girl on the train. (laughs) I believe it's that broad on the L. (laughs) <laughs> the broad on the L. The brad. <laughs> the brad, brad on the L. I don't know. They said that chicken the metro, so that I went to New York. 
You know, I do Never like the, Metro once there. the bird on the tube. I do like the bird on the tube. That's the one with Mel Gibson and uh, Goldie Goldie Hawn, right? The bird on the tube. Beautiful film. (laughs) So this is um, almost exactly like Gone Girl. Yes. Right. Uh, And the other thing you mentioned that I wanted to bring up before we get to the problematic girl, because I have something to say about that. Uh, is Being a man, I can't wait to hear I, it. I, As a white man, please tell yes, me what you think. I can't wait till you tell us tell how we should feel about being women. We have bookended Bart nicely tonight <laughs> on either side. I, I, I like this dynamic for the rest of the night. Hot Solo's got a gun on him. I'll explain how, will you do a monologue about Birth of a Nation, I'll, too? About the yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Audience. I'll be talking about that. Oh, me. Bridget, you are coming back man. every week. Thank you. Bart, continue. My um, new favorite Bart. guest. Teach us, in Bart. One of the, in one of the trailers or synopsis I read, um, the nanny is the one that goes missing, but the nanny was the girlfriend of the ex-husband. Is that not what's happening here? Okay. The, I, I think a key know. thing that w- we didn't discuss there, because it was hard to write a joke about, uh, is the idea that I think this whole movie is from her point of view, and she doesn't know well, what's happening. She's a drunk that passes out. Okay. Well, and so okay. she loses time, and then they start suspecting her. But one of the things I read was that the nanny goes missing, who turns out to be the girlfriend of the ex-husband but she's also watching another couple completely separate yeah, from those two. Yeah, that I couldn't figure out. So her her ex-husband is she? Well, But it's the same house, right? It's no, just, it's right next door. My response oh. to all this is going to be another question. <laughs> I can't wait to see the movie. I'll I'll figure it out Are as I watch really it. Are you really going to see the movie? Mm-hmm, I like no. I like stuff like this. Do I you? love Gone Girl, yeah. Well, if it really <laughs> if, if it really messes with like what is real, what isn't, who knows what, who doesn't because I I, I think we see it all from her point of view at first, and it's like, then she becomes a suspect, but really she's doing stuff Does that we're she? not seeing. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Lester Holt? Is the book written by her perspective? That would be an interesting read then, because any well, reveals the- would still have to be kind of through her I, that discovery. Had a, a memento-y thing yeah. was going on. I didn't hear on. the but bell that's go what's off. Gonna sure separate, it's a book? That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going to separate it from... <laughs> uh, that's what's going to separate it in the end from... Uh, Oh, okay, yeah. it is a book. Yeah, it's, a book. A book. it's a book. It's a book. That's what's going to separate it from Gone Girl. Gone Girl wasn't as psychological. It was pretty much a narrative mm-hmm. story about woman, you know, being crazy, yeah. like acting illogically, but not perhaps but being to this psychological. Extent, to this extent that we have literally no idea how this is going to unfold. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, the trailer. Yeah, yeah, the trailer's done its job. It's mm-hmm. obvious, obviously not giving anything away. Might as well go see it and figure it out. And I do like Emily Blunt. I thought she was fantastic in Sicario. I thought she was great in Edge yep. of Tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Paul and I are P- watching. Devil Wears Prada. Oh, oh, totally, yeah. Like oh, Liv Diver, repeat, she was great in that, yeah, yeah. too. Oh. <laughs> and tomorrow, both. <laughs> Would you see my Summer of Love, her lesbian film? Oh, no. You're welcome, bitches. Oh, there it is. Somebody here has. has. I know what you guys are doing <laughs> later. Like, mm. So Paul and I were talking about the different things you see when you're on uh, a train and you look out the window, and I I was talking about that idea of you know being not sure if you're going forward or backwards, but it has nothing to do with the train, but it does have to do with being on a long trip in a car and looking out the window and seeing some crazy stuff. And I don't remember where we were going, but one time Paul and I were out in the sticks in the middle of nowhere. We've been in the oh, car we for home? a long time. We were home. Yeah, we didn't see anybody having sex. <laughs> we didn't see anybody having sex. We pull up to a little T in the road. We have to slow down, and there's a pasture, and there's a horse. And as we're slowing down, the horse is a regular-sized horse, but he had the biggest horse penis <laughs> I have ever ever seen. Wait. If I had a phone like that took pictures back then, I would have totally taken a picture. Paul, describe how it happened. You remember when the sand crawler pulled up and then that thing <gasps> lowered to suck R2-D2 up? And that's exactly yes. like it lowered <laughs> down. And we were just, like, we both it- saw it at the same time and we didn't say anything. But we turned to the right and there's a giant 
horse penis coming slowly out of his groin area. It did not stop. It almost reached the ground, and it was so big and scary. I didn't see. I, oh, man, if I saw Haley Bennett having sex instead. <laughs> Tell that that would have been great, but you that... would have gotten yourself a big old horse boner. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the and one telling. The story. great yeah. thing is, we were watching the train thing, and then I said, "Oh, what else have we seen?" And then we both went, horse "Remember penis. that horse penis?" <laughs> I think anything that long should be prehensile and be able to pick up stuff with it. <laughs> it was the size of a person's like, arm, like like the Tremors movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was so shocking. Oh, I thought it was going to go into the ground and come up under our car. Kevin Bacon. Uh, but Haley Bennett is hot right now. She's always hot. They're all but hot. But she was hot in Magnificent Seven, cause, and then she was in, she's a chick from Hardcore Henry. Same the girl. Chick, oh, okay. The chick, the girl. Chick. What's happening here? She's a woman, well, Here's the thing. She's <laughs> abroad. She's abroad. Let me that hoe over like there. Yeah. Let me explain why. Wait, wait, it's girl? Then when you're like 22, like she is, it's chick, right? Uh-huh. And then you can become a woman after that. Am it's I only chick it for a year. I think that's fair. Just one year. But if there's two women at a table at a restaurant, they go, Do you, are you girls ready? But if they never go, if there's two gentlemen, they're never like, you boys ready? Because you'd be like, who are you calling a boy? I'm a grown <laughs> right. man. Yeah. Here's why. Right. Because Tell me why. I'll explain to you. Because you, you shouldn't be obs- uh, offended by the fact that somebody said girls. I got yelled at by somebody the other day because I said I play on a, a guy-girl soccer team. Oh, girls, do you have a bunch of four-year-olds running around? That's a good question, do you? No, it's not a good question because semantically, there is no replacement for girl as a vernacular. Guy is a vernacular for boy at a certain age. There is no vernacular for girl at a certain age unless you want to call them ladies or women, which they are also not. Guy, ladies, men, women, girls, boys. Explain to me what an adolescent female is. A teenager. A teenage girl? So we're going to say, I play on a, a guy-teenage-girl team. No. What I'm saying is there's <laughs> a no... Team, a ladies' team. A ladies', team. A, ladies, ladies team. a guy's team. A ladies Why isn't well, it a ladies', ladies golf. team? Because ladies... Golf has always been Because ladies, ladies denotes a certain age. Guy also does, denotes a certain age. You very upset about this. Yeah. yeah. Because, because I get accused of being because rude and insulting. Because, and because you're, you're being rude and insulting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get oh, it. We don't understand that you're being inconsiderate. You've decided to be insulted after the fact. You're being a horse penis right now. And then you go back. And it's like chemistry class where we know the answer. You know what? I think I'm gonna figure out how to be insulted, so I'm gonna work backwards and go. See, you're a sexist. Just don't ever say Just girls don't say to girls anybody ever. that's under the age of. Twelve that's over the age of twelve. Yeah, just don't it's ever just say not appropriate. Wait, wait, wait. So that TV show called Girls is being ironic. Those are idiots. Hipsters. That's what that show is. <laughs> Hipsters have ruined everything. <laughs> no, it's just a weird thing because um, I, I don't hear boys being used as frequently. Hey boys, what are we doing today? I, 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 I hear people also, on my team say we don't have enough boys tonight to play on the, on the yeah, team. Yeah, but you guys yeah, but that's are, a very specific thing. You're, you're saying, saying to each other. Women aren't saying it to you. All yes, right, what's I've, the I've next had movie women, we're watching? I've, had, <laughs> I've said get the boys female. together. I yeah. will say guys but before we, uh, I say boys. I don't know the last time I've said the word not boys. Offen- boys isn't offensive. But so you're, you want to be it is. your gender. Like if I say my girls is one thing, but if a guy says my girls, that's an issue. Yeah, because he's gay. Yeah. But why didn't they what? say the what lady on the trail when it's clearly an adult woman who's yeah. been through because a marriage and everything? Yeah. Because they haven't seen the lady vanishes, yeah, hmm. which uses it properly. You know, I gotta tell you, I'll tell you one last thing about this. Uh, my love of my life, not Paul Preston, Bill Murray. He was on some show and he was talking about Ghostbusters and said these girls are funny, <gasps> and I started to have a bit of a heart attack. And then he quickly, because he's a smart man who understands that that may have been inappropriate, again. he's going to get run out of town. But clearly, that's why you're not working because you yeah. use girls too much. I have my own opinion. Yeah, it sounds like a why he <clears throat> pulled it back and he said these guys are also really talented. Us guys, Ghost Boy Ghostbusters or something. He changed it. No, right. he said he I call them girls it. because I'm a boy. There you go. Okay. Okay. 
But he acknowledged but he it's a problem. There you go. Oh, I, I, that's get, all you have to I say. think it's, it's interesting. You get upset that other that women get upset about it. Yeah. yeah but why does it bother you? Yeah. What because, do you care? Because I'm not being insulted, and I'm being uh, accused of being insulting when I'm not. And again, it's a manufactured. Yeah, of course, you're not insult. being insulted. When, now, when you have these conversations, when it's over, do you just explain? Oh well, I've, I certainly didn't mean anything, and da da da. And no, not fine. anymore because it happens all the time. I'm like, get over yourself. I'm, I'm clearly not being insulting to you. Man, I'm so glad. But I don't you hang are out insulting. You it doesn't matter if you're. Liberals? Trying to They're be all in... over the place. Okay, women are allowed to be called <laughs> Can if they I want to be called. Seats with anybody? No, we need you about bookending <laughs> Bart. Thank you for messing with Bart. Thank you for being here. Let's get to she our next film. Kombucha. <laughs> it's an epic story about the. Oh, this will be fun. An epic story about the black struggle for equality. Just give it a Bart. Just give it a Bart. You Let guys. Bart take care of it. He doesn't care if he insults anybody. <laughs> He's all good with it. What? An epic story about the black struggle for equality against an entrenched white power structure. Oh, but perfect. enough about last year's Oscars. Uh, oh. It's the birth of a nation. Not to be confused with the Trump campaign infomercial birth certificate of a nation. <laughs> all right, Adam. Sounds like you're the one to talk about this with me. Let's do it. Sure. <laughs> Get ready to feel guilty because slavery's back on the big screen. In The Birth of a Nation. Get ready to love this movie as well because you're going to have to. Lillian Gish returns to the big screen in The Birth of the Nation, a movie that President Woodrow Wilson has called like writing history with lightning. No, 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 no that's, that's that's the old The Birth of a Nation. That's oh. different. Oh. Oh, oh, that's oh. very different. Oh, oh, great. Another remake. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Ben-Hur, The Magnificent Seven, Pete's Dragon, Ghostbusters, Jungle Book, Point Break, Poltergeist, Robocop, Total Recall, Clash of the Titans, Red Dawn, Footloose, Fright Night, and Girl with a Dragon Tattoo? No, <clears throat> it's actually Beauty and the Beast. Oh. But this isn't just the black version of the 1915 film. We've got to stop thinking there always has to be a black version of things, like a black Superman or a black Panther or a black Dynamite. I am declaring war on anybody who sells drugs in our community. But black Dynamite, I sell drugs in the community. <laughs> black Dynamite. I sell drugs in the community. This movie features the antebellum South. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of them. Who? The Antebellum South. Is that an acapella group? Oh, yeah, no, no, it's a period group. of time. They're on tour with the Alabama Shakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> According oh, oh, to the official yeah. Fox Searchlight Pictures storyline, the premise of this movie centers around a slave named Nat Turner during the Antebellum South. <laughs> slave owner Samuel oh. Turner gets the bright idea to use religion and Nat's skills as a preacher to calm his unruly slaves down. So says the description. Instead of whipping them with a bullwhip, he thumps them with a Bible and then whips them just for good measure. Ugh. But little did he know that this opiate of the masses would ultimately lead to his slaves becoming not only enlightened, but emboldened. But as Nat continues to witness the atrocities against himself and his fellow slaves, he decides to mount an uprising in hopes of leading his people to freedom. freedom. Yes, yes, but not quite like that, Adam. Oh, well, then how about this? Freedom! That's a little closer. That's really but, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Uh, how about this? That, that's, yeah. All right, listen. That must have been what it you, felt you, like. You, you're still not quite there. That was oh. closer. Watching the violent treatment of Nat Turner and the murderous dehumanization of blacks will remind audiences of how far civil rights have come. If you can hear the movie over the gunshots and protest in the streets. They needed a really, really white guy to play the Turner slave owner. So look no further than Army Hammer, who returns to remind us just how dumb that name is. <laughs> and, and Jackie Earl Haley plays the suave and understanding Union soldier who sympathizes with Turner's rebellion. Really? No. 
No, he plays a dirtbag plantation ah, farmer. Okay. Of <laughs> ah, so this real life story of Nat Tur- the Nat Turner slave revolt is the feature film debut of Nate Parker. Nat Nat Turner Nate Park. Am I the only one who's confusing Nat Turner and Nate Parker? Is it? Does that make me a namist? Is that? Can I confuse those two things? Sorry. I love that this film reclaims the title of a famously racist movie, a firmly political move. And speaking of Trump, not to be outdone politically, the Donald has approved Parker's movie, saying, "I love what the blacks have done here." This Sundance hit was purchased for seventeen million plus Jay Cutler and a player to be named later. The premiere of the movie is expected to be so big that cops in North Carolina plan to celebrate the opening with, of the movie with a 21-gun salute. There you go. Wow. Topical. Wow. Sorry, it's Topical. a racist nation. Oh, there's a bunch of racism going on in North Carolina. Just to give you a backstory on that. I know. <laughs> oh, sorry. You wanted to catch up if you didn't. Because yeah. otherwise... It's just in North Carolina. And Oklahoma. Weird and Wisconsin. <laughs> and, well, yeah. yeah. Every place. And places. Yeah, and, and South and Carolina. And the world. Man, crazy! St- I mean, the story of a, the the slave revolt, though. Have you seen a, the posters for this? No. I oh, the poster yeah. is the poster of D.W. Griffith's *Birth of a Nation*, yeah. and it says Nat Turner was here, something like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Nat Turner is is back, or something like that. <laughs> Nat uh, Turner is yeah, back. Yeah, Nat Turner is back. It's written in like spray paint. It's kind of yeah. a. It's a, again, it's them taking back the name of this movie, which yeah. is famously. Uh, Shows the Ku Klux Klan well, as heroes. It's it's a uh, yeah. That's an insane. If if anybody has not seen Birth of a Nation, I'm curious now. That's don't don't, up. Nah, oh. nah, nah, don't worry about it. Don't oh. worry about it. They need to Liam Neeson take it back. Is what they need to do. On this. <laughs> oh. no. Birth of a Nation is insane because don't. for one hour or one and a half hour, I think it's a three hour long movie. For an oh. hour and a half, it is um, astounding. For 1915, it is such a realistic depiction of war using the most modern d- cutting techniques. It's, it's. I mean, it really is like history written with lightning. And then suddenly, for an hour and a half, it is just this fantasy land of if they lost the Civil War. I mean, it is people eating watermelon barefoot the, oh in Congress. God. Like the Congress, another black people with like eating water. I mean, it's like it goes crazy all of a sudden. Oh, You're like, wow. who came in and told us that movie what? Uh, about? He gave. He, delivered the plot well too we had a guest in here who said the same thing but like for an hour and a half you're like well i see why this is a classic i see why people just went nuts for this movie and then it just goes into this other completely crazy story you're like what is going on <laughs> what is happening how did i mean the it just Ku Klux clan rushes in as the oh, heroes yeah. to save the, heroes the, the country end. from the black people yeah i mean <laughs> imagine this exact pacing of a john wayne cowboy movie the woman is in danger someone's gonna help and it's the Ku Klux clan it's crazy. Yeah. So gross. So, Have you uh, seen it, Bart? Uh, neither of them, no. Oh, okay. Not in film school? They didn't make you no, watch I, that? No, we watched the first half of it. Yeah. Ron made us watch it. And then, oh, yeah. Uh, and then before yeah. you got to the watermelon. Yeah, I didn't realize didn't it ended that way. Apart. Yeah, I thought it was a oh, yeah, masterpiece. Well, that was interesting. Is Ron, Ron was the head of Well, the, I watched the first 40 minutes. Yeah, some, that was something happened. Yeah, right? I'm sorry, Adam, I was reading the script. Did, uh, did you describe the end of that movie? <laughs> yeah. I was watching just the first part of Titanic. It was romantic, right? Adam always says it about, about uh, yeah. Straight Outta Compton. Right? Yeah, I've only seen the first half of it, so as far as I know, they're still together. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, alive and well. Can't yeah. wait for the next album. Yeah, when does it drop? Perfect. <laughs> but uh, I will see this. I mean, this movie was... Uh, You're going to see this? Of course. Yeah, I see all this stuff. I love no. the big prestige projects. Well, I love the historical dramas. There's yeah. an interesting. You know, I, I mean, missed Free um, Jones. Be a huge but, Oscars nominee. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm, you're going to have to see it to see what the the fuss is about after. But a while. I think there's going to be an interesting social comment beyond uh, you know slavery and black white relations, but one about religion because there's the comment in the trailer where they talk about bringing in a preacher, one of their own, to, uh. to subdue them. Yet it sounds like through that 
preaching, they actually find redemption and become strong and emboldened. So at first you thought it was going to be kind of an indictment of religion as, a, as an opiate for the masses, and we can kind of get people to do what we want oh, if we use religion, yet right. it backfires on them, and they Aha. find it as a way of to, uh, to liberate themselves. So yeah. take that, Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but and then uh, or Islam or whatever. But, but they're not talking about that. What they're talking about is Nate Parker uh, wrote it, directed it, stars in it, and uh, it was accused of rape in college. Oh, and that's this right. This has now that's all right. come up again now that he's a big deal. And oh. this, I guess, was sold for seventeen million dollars at Sundance, which is a big deal. Which is um, it costs ten million to make, so they're already you in know, profit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was acquitted, and the charges were dropped by a judge. But man, the, every interview with him is just is all about this. Do we care? They want, I'm somebody wants us to. People asking the ladies. <laughs> somebody wants us to. He didn't rape me. I don't know what to say. Like I don't. Know, I don't know how to comment on that. I mean, at any. At, so as a so as a feminist, I'm assuming yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man who's accused of rape. If he isn't found, if he guilty, isn't found guilty, I always. This is the thing. I always didn't believe, Hillary Clinton said you should always believe the accuser. I always believe an accuser, mm-hmm. but there are definitely circumstances where they're not being truthful, and I do not know. I did not follow the yeah, story. I don't know. Who I, the don't know these, these, I don't know the, nothing about it. These are the facts, you know, as well as you can get them from the internet. <laughs> but he, uh, he and his a buddy, they were on the wrestling team together. And this is well. It has an interesting ending. The well, two he's of them, gay. Then he didn't <laughs> rape her. Yeah, the two of them. Problem solved. Okay, let's go see the movie. It's you on guys. the wrestling team. Obviously, the gay. two of them were accused. He, uh, Nate, was acquitted, and his friend was charged with sexual assault. Oh. Later, a judge reversed the charges on the whole well, shlemiel. Hmm. Who's this judge? The guy on his wrestling team is the co-writer of A Birth of a Nation. <gasps> <laughs> They're all friends. Whoa. I'm so. definitely not seeing this movie. Anyway, I wasn't going to see it, but yeah. But mm. so uh, you know, fascinating piece. Acquitted. Of Let's uh, be real. A lot of men are rapists. Probably one in three. <gasps> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just Wait. Playing. What if we redefine that down to shoplifting count? <laughs> <laughs> what if I write a hit movie? Oh, I saw. Okay, it. you're good. Okay. I saw Us girls will go see it. Yay! I'll put you in it. Come just, on. Just move to Europe and we'll give you an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. I saw Audrey and Daisy on Netflix, which is a documentary about rape in high school mm-hmm. and you know with the white privilege that comes with it all and all the but that but the the police officer in there will infuriate you i don't care who you are when you watch the movie because he's a what, what's rape anyway how can we oh. really define oh. what that is oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like how about uh, you just having things put in you when you don't want it there yeah. how about we just call it that it i think it's actually defined it in the dictionary as any sexual act that is not wanted oh there you so go it could be anything oh. wow so if i put my finger in your butt right now well, Adam would you want that. Ask, you want it. Yeah, You're very that was a bad example. I think bad. Let's ask Adam first. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking back to sexual acts I didn't want to do, but it was, we were drunk and it just happened. Yeah. This is an intervention. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Birth of a Nation. Dated her for two years, but anyway. <laughs> Let's get on to our final film. Uh, quick question. Would you yes. rather go through seventh grade again or have someone throw you off of a mountain? Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. I'll be putting on my hiking shoes while you think of your answer. Uh, someone has addressed this uh, horror in a new film. Middle school, the worst years of my life. Bart, let's uh, talk about it. Here we go. Slavery Week continues as our next film in- involves school, where we learned about slavery while being held hostage for 12 years. It's middle school, the worst years of my life. Here's a clip. I wish I knew where you were, Mom. Hey, 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 come here. I'm stuck in another place where I hate everybody. Sorry, that, this is a Gilly Hopkins, oh, an, another right. film that's coming up soon. Oh. These movies all kind of uh, sound. How do you know? All right, here's a clip. I can't 
can't believe Elliot texted photoshopped pictures of me to the whole school. Nice boobs, Alexander. I'm sorry, that's Alexander in the no good, very bad, that terrible. That is hilarious. Day. Sorry, no, sorry, sorry. All right, here we go. Uh, the middle school. On March 25th. What are you doing here? Mom said you'd pay mom bucks if I drove you home. That's Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, okay. wow. Roderick Rules. <laughs> Sequel. Colon. I don't think I have a clip. Anyway, Bart, go ahead. Hey, kids, don't let the title fool you. Middle school isn't the worst years of your life. Things get much worse, trust me. Bad skin, (laughs) hair in weird places, not sure if wearing a Star Wars t-shirt is still cool. You just described middle school. No, I was talking about your 40s. (laughs) At this table. So what, these are the worst years because your mom catches you drawing in your room? Like, that's something that happened in a trailer. And your kid's sister tries driving a car when she's younger than you? That is the worst. That is the worst. There's a lot more at stake here, Paul. The movie tells the story of Ralph Cachadorian. That's Rafe, R-A-F-E. Well, I'm pretty sure that's not how you spell Rafe. But anyway, Rafe is the new kid in school, and apparently his funny comic book drawing and hookah pipe smoking don't go over well with his new principal. As it turns out, nothing goes over well with his new principal because his new principal, Principal Dwight, is the one middle school principal in the entire world that doesn't want to have doesn't want his students to have fun. Dumb luck that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, this principal is so principled. Actually, that's a joke that works better when you read the words uh, spelled. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Principal Toolbag is so principled that he's outlawed all forms of creativity in the school whatsoever, presumably by campaigning for a no vote on Proposition 12. The authority figure punishes the kids for creativity and demands conformity. That's not it. Oh, here it is. No outside food. No talking. No laughing. No going to the bathroom. Then Principal Dwight destroys Rafe's sketchbook in a bucket filled with toxic goop. No doubt the result of his kids not being able to go to the bathroom when they need to. (laughs) Rafe organizes his fellow youth to rebel as a club devoted to get revenge through pranks and mayhem. I get it. It's very clever. (laughs) If there's one thing I've learned from movies and the media, it's that the best way to get your point across is through vandalism and violent protest. And dancing. Dancing usually works well, too. I've seen that. Dancing. Uh, Rafe is played by Disney Channel child actor, I'm assuming Griffin Gluck, <laughs> from Disney's Genteel High, <laughs> Histrionic Tales. Probably right. Uh, the soundtrack features Twisted Sisters, We're Not Gonna Take It. The protest song, Nobody Took Seriously, finally finds the ideal home in a Disney movie. This movie, like literally all movies nowadays, is based on a number one best-selling book. Which makes me start to question the credibility of what it takes to be a number one best-selling book. Apparently, if you have a book with pages and words on those pages, and those pages are numbered in chronological order, congratulations, you've got yourself a bestseller on your hands. I'm going to write a book. (laughs) I will give this movie some credit because it seems to work on a real meta level. Because like middle school itself, this movie is mostly awkward with rare moments of distinction. Here's one of those moments. How many people have a test that starts with Principal Dwight has three nipples? Well, it's false. Put false. I was born without nipples, for your information, and it looks beautiful. <laughs> the trailer says it's from CBS Films, with, but with all the rule-breaking wacky pranks and buckets of colorful toxic goop, it seems like this should be coming from another wor- network. Now, this is a kid's book from author James Patterson. What? What? Whose Alex Cross books inspired such thrilling films as Along Came a Spider and Kiss the Girls. So maybe this new one just needs a better trailer. Middle school. The worst years of my life. Featuring 
the skinny locker, the stinky lunchroom, and having to wear a jock strap. Middle school. Some material may not be suitable for children under 13. The upcoming sequel shows the results of the kids getting their way, distancing themselves from the principal in school and education. They don't graduate, they get pregnant in their teens, and they end up working at a factory for 30 years and end up on deathbed second-guessing which years of their life were really the worst, then die a month before they retire. (laughs) That's middle school! The worst years of my life. From Steve Carr, the director of six utterly worthless total pieces of Wow. <laughs> Unless your close personal friend, Reda, can I take it back? No, but Re- but I have to say, Retta is in it, and I and I love Retta, comedian Retta. Who's Retta? She's from Parks and Recreation. Oh, oh yeah, she is actress. in it. And so is she I, the I, one that gets tackled by the? Uh, they open that door and all the I believe so. Chuck E. Yes, cheese balls, balls fall over. Yep. My, she's one of my favorite characters on Parks, Parks and Rec. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Treat yourself. Because yeah. I've said this before on the show, she's not the typical sassy. She's just no. a confident woman who knows. Again, I, I respect any character that has a paradigm <laughs> that they live by. I agree. And, and Parks and Rec has several of them. Ron Swar- Swanson, yep. Leslie <laughs> Nope knows exactly who she is and yeah. how to run her life. People like uh, Aziz, uh, and, Aziz is also one of those. Yeah, ones. they all have a, such a, a rule for their for themselves. So I'd Star like Lord. Star. What's his name? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris yeah. Something here. Yeah. King of the Hill, same way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hank Hill knows exactly how the world's supposed to make sense, and if you don't fit in it, that's your problem. Uh, another big bonus to this movie, though, is Andy Daly as well from, oh. from Review. From Review. Oh, that's where I saw him. That's, I was just yeah, looking because I could not figure out why I recognized yeah, him. Yeah, did you see him on Eastbound casting. and Down? Who also, he also played Principal oh. Cutter in Eastbound and Down. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this was his thing. He's a, if you never need to cast a principal, I've never this is. Oh, <gasps> you haven't? Uh, yeah, I have I all of them. I have the box set. I will lend you That's too much that's good. They're amazing. The first season is a complete genius little film in and of itself. It's fantastic. And I think Season two. Yeah, oh. Another reason to watch, but I have I have not. And now Mindy Project's back. It's too much to watch. Yeah. You Luke had mentioned Cage. earlier um, about this having something of a John Hughes feel. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. simply because of the There's comic book allusion to uh, Better Off Dead? Yeah, that'd be the Better Off Dead. Where he does the comic dead. books and I they come to life. That's Better Off Dead, yeah. Well, Diane Franklin sat in that seat right there. Wait, can I just say that when I was, do- okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a married lesbian, but when I was in high- when I was in college, I had to write my obituary for a, a writing class and I wrote that I was survived by my husband, John Cusack, because <laughs> nice. Better I Off like Dead. It. Oh, great Yeah, film. so Monique was That's- on our show and she was fantastic. She was so sweet. Yeah, we were all in love with her. We but, all love Monique. But that's Steve Holland, and then the kid dr- does drawings in this, which is very much a nod to One Crazy Summer. Oh, I'm sorry. One Crazy Summer. That's the one yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. I'm turning the fan on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go for it. They're going to mess with Karen, the sound. Is it because you're wearing a uh, yeah, wool jumpsuit? <laughs> what? Ghostbusters onesie? They, they shouldn't be like a waterproof jumpsuit they wear since the slime always gets on them. Why is it a cotton fabric? Why is it not a plunging well, neck? No, no, no. Right? This is not. Aren't they I bikinis? can't really fight Why aren't, they, why aren't those girls outfit? in bikinis? This, this is, is made ha- for home comfort. I would have seen it by now. <laughs> it's a good movie. Karen picked up your slack. <laughs> She watched it that many times? Seven yep. times. Seven? I loved it. I would go again. It was again. a good time. I loved it. It was a good time. And I, my favorite movie of all time is Ghostbusters. The first and one? so it was really hard for me because I was oh. scared. And the first time I watched it, I, I had a lot of trouble because I was so petrified. Then the second time I went, I loved it. Yeah, it was good times. But speaking of John anyway. Hughes in this movie, I don't see a lot of that. Um, just from well, the this rebellion the against the uh, oh, okay. authority Thematically, you mean, stuff. not yeah. necessarily stylistic. No, I like the Duff had more yeah. of a John Hughes feel yeah. to it. Because I saw uh, sixteen candles over the weekend. Uh, you did? I think. I think oh also. I think the subjects of that movie are a little older. Yes, yeah, it's like sixteen. It's more like teenagers. These kids yeah. are like twelve. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah, I mean, it's these that... are boys and girls. 
These are boys and girls. <laughs> we all agree on girls. that. Can the table come no, together? No, they're not guys. No, they're boys. They're definitely boys. They're boys. <laughs> they're like playing with gum and bubbles and balls and stuff. It's playing with balls. They're playing with their balls. They're boys. Wait a minute. I've been forgetting gals, right? The gals is a... Don't call us gals. gals. We're not cowgirls. If the gals it were in the 1950s, gals, I have the way. Have the high God, I, thought, I thought I had gal. an out. You know what? <laughs> go with really old sexism. It confuses Dolls. Me. Just go with dolls. 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 Mm. Biddies? No biddies. Biddies. That's Absolutely, because people don't go, I'm tired of you calling... Just... What the, what, he says, what are you doing? <laughs> I have a name, Bart. <laughs> didn't mean to run. Yeah, man. <laughs> but, uh, I didn't have middle school. What? You just what went to 6th to ninth grade? grade? What are you talking no, about? No, 7th and 8th. Okay, I did have that. Okay. Yeah, we called it junior high. Yeah, junior high. That's what I was called. Middle school. Yeah. What are you talking about? Come well, on. middle school's, I mean, yeah, yeah, That yeah, might yeah. be like yeah, 5 junior to high, eight. same thing. Right? Well, 5 to 8. there is a trend now, and I think we all, this is a topic we can all get behind on the same yeah. side. <laughs> they are now calling middle school 6, 7, and 8. How dare you throw 6th graders in with 8th graders? That's not right. Oh, man. Yeah, you want to talk Se- about some rapey stuff, man. Seventh grade was <laughs> tough enough. <laughs> right? Yes, well, we did. Now that you mention it. What were you doing in you, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade? You don't, you don't Not mean rape, in sixth, rape. but in eighth grade. You were raping people? <laughs> no, but you were That's so, why you want to see that movie. You were so horned up in the eighth grade as a, as a boy in the eighth grade. You were oh just God. beyond And the sixth graders reason. were looking good? What are you saying th- here, Bart? Th- Have you seen them, seen them today? The milk oh they drink? God. It's got to be the milk. I thought you meant the rape of my innocence from all of my friends betraying me in seventh grade and everyone suddenly hating me. That was such a weird time. No, that's that's what I meant. Right now, the fifth graders are the coolest because they're kept in check by the sixth graders. Yeah. So if you take the sixth graders and move them up, then the fifth graders don't become cool. Mm -hmm. But the fourth graders aren't old enough to be cool. So you just throw things into into a hellish nightmare. I am not. Took the sixth graders in with the seventh and eighth. But isn't seventh grade when you learn to be how to be a dick? Everybody tries out. The, I'm sorry, this will come out completely wrong. They try out their dick. You know, they're, they're. I'm going to be a dick now. I'm an adult, and I can hate people, and I can say things about you behind your back. So I'm going to, even if I don't want to. I'm trying that out for life. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what seventh grade was like. Oh, I could be a nasty, horrible person. I should yeah. try some of that out starting now. Yeah. And then you all gang up on the kid that's still being right? kind. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was me. <laughs> Smart. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you get for being nice to people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Ow. So this week has everything. Yeah. It does. Kids, adult thrillers, Racism. and uh, and your uh, and your prestige projects all represented. There, go. there yeah. you go. You're welcome. But let's America. get on from the movies. Uh, on to our guest. Yay! Woo! A stand-up comic who was the host of Bridget McManus Presents That Time of the Month and Brunch with Bridget on the Logo Network and also appeared in the film uh, Wanted. Yeah, with, with Timor Beckman Vadoff. Uh, whatever you say. Ooh, and what? the upcoming Beckman film Maybell, Bridget McManus. Yay! We are so glad to have you. You are welcome anytime. I think I made Bart cry. Bart is in the studio. <laughs> I'm very happy to have you here. Thank you. I don't know if that's possible. Make no, Bart cry. he's. It's it's yeah. It's like when the doves cry. Bart does not cry. Crocodile tears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Bart, what, what movie does it for you? What movie makes <gasps> you cry? Does any movie make you cry? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Field of Dreams will make me cry. Oh, oh that's a good one. Oh yeah. It's about a boy cry. and his father. A boy. <laughs> <laughs> A boy and his guy. You know, actually, the older I get, the older I get. <laughs> a boy and his guy. <laughs> Guys, we're changing the name of the movie. What? I like boy and his guy. Boy and his guy. 
No, the older I get, the easier I cry now. Mm-hmm. Cry almost at anything. Really? Yeah. You ever work, cry at a commercial? He Absolutely. cries at going to yeah. work in the morning. Yeah, I we all do that. I for my days. <laughs> <laughs> I cry about my life. <laughs> when I cross off another day in the calendar every night, in the dark with a glass of wine by myself. Closer to death. <laughs> Here we go. When's the darkness coming? Has anyone seen the video of Kevin Smith crying at the <gasps> season finale of the Flash TV show? No. no. As a, as a superhero fan, it is one of the most touching things you've Aww. ever seen. Because he's crying at, like, the show is doing these very famous, iconic moments. But it's also being, like, really heart-wrenching. And it's using, you know, it, it's superhero dynamic to create maximum drama. But it's just great to watch an adult man <laughs> break down crying at the end of a f- superhero TV show. Which, again, I'm wearing a Captain America t-shirt <laughs> as we speak. Have you ever cried in a superhero movie before? I, I've welled up a little bit with uh, being a little overwhelmed at things going. Uh, I have. Uh, yeah. The I mean, latest. Civil War, honestly. Like, I was kind of. It's very emotional. It is emotional. The, the yeah. latest uh, cry for something I just couldn't even. I almost couldn't explain to Paul. We were watching um, Stranger Things. Have oh, yeah. Have you yes. guys seen that? I yes. won't get specific in case you haven't watched it. At first, I wasn't really into it, but then it clicked in and I mm. totally loved it. But there's this little girl character, and she's a girl. Named eleven, and she's eleven, 11 under the and age of twelve, she girl. saves her buddies who oh. are these awkward little crazy boys. Boys, and she saves them, and she just does this badass thing, and I was so happy. I just started. I turned upon like she's a girl, and she's so she's so she's saving her friends, and I'm crying like a mm. lunatic. Oh, I love that moment. It's very emotional. Oh yeah. my gosh, it was so good. You know, I actually teared up at the end of Ghostbusters because when I did. they walk this out, year, oh, when they walk yeah. out and they see the whole city has you know, "Thank you, Ghostbusters" written. I mean, yeah, Ghost, the new Ghostbusters works much. Well, I teared up a little bit during the Force Awakens as well because <laughs> because that. So I mean, you just cry at every movie. Yes. Just say that. You I got to see this vulnerability because I don't think I ever have. Well, no, no, no. Go, it's Pirates go. of the Caribbean, Twilight. He was weeping. <laughs> yeah. not, not Dead Man's Chest. I didn't cry no, during Dead. It's just the other Pirates movies. <laughs> but, uh, but that movie works on a second level because we are also welcoming Ghostbusters back. So all that overwhelming appreciation mm-hmm. at the end, like I was like, oh, well, that's me. You know, like I kind of, I really got into and that. And to go one step further as a woman to see those Ghostbusters say. Not as a girl, as a woman. As a woman to go. Girl, no, wait, girl. Nope. You can't say girl? Oh, no. that's right. We already covered that. <laughs> as Don't a woman to watch the Ghostbusters say, What if I'm not these sexist people... at all? I just accidentally use these words. <laughs> this was what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but anyway, to say Sorry. that these people know what we did means yeah. they know that we're female comedians who just kicked ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. Everything's got a double meaning. That was cool. Yeah. And when Ray hands the lightsaber to Luke at the end of uh, Force Awakens, uh-huh. I mean, that, I'm crying. Yeah. You're, not a made, you're not made of stone. I am oh. not made of you're stone. Human. That is Luke Skywalker after all these years as he hands it. And, but speech, the, the, no words. Uh, no yeah. words. Well, the words would be, where have you been the whole movie? All your friends died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crying on an island by yourself. Anyway, yeah. You get your hand cut off. You see how that feels to you. <laughs> Uh, oh, we were talking about Bridget. Oh, yeah. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah, sorry. Hi, just a regular like girl movies? over here. I love movies. Cool. I love movies. Let's start off with your favorite. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, the 1980 classic, The Shining. Absolutely. As a favorite. As a favorite so movie. And I do not like scary movies. I don't like scary movies, but it is, from beginning to end, a masterpiece. It's fantastic. And I went and I saw it at the Arclight recently. It was oh. like last... 
and I, so I left. We. I think we were at the same screening. I left the screening. I got so scared because to see it on was the, it the screen. Dome? It was in the yeah, dome. Yeah, that the that was one. the first time I ever saw it. It was amazing. No! I know. Can you what? believe that? It was so good. That's I, the way to do it, though. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I, you know, I've seen it on TV, so you know, and it's not necessarily even the edited version. Like, I've seen the full thing. I can't even tell you how many, probably over 150 times I've yeah, seen I it. But I also had not seen it on the big screen. So, it's yeah. terrifying. That's what's great about L.A. You can uh, see a movie... That's a classic for the first time in your life on, on the, the big, big screen, screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. But it's just fan. It's just fantastic. Well, it's Kubrick in full form. He, he just Kubrick mastered movie. and handled everything. Oh, what a tough, difficult Shelley Duvall choice that is to She's make. Amazing. I just watched Clockwork Orange this weekend. Yeah, yeah, but how brilliant! All right, so jacket, I have to uh, ask Doctor Strange. Yeah. I have to oh ask you this because you're you're someone who might have an answer. So I'm watching the movie, and there's that really quick scene where the man in the bear suit is having sex on mm-hmm. the. What's happening there? I I just only seen it once. There's so many other issues in the movie about what's happening. The elevator what? blub. That's the issue that you have. Yeah, with that. I'm I'm curious <laughs> about it. the bear having sex in the room. Who are they? Bears want to have sex too. All right, I, but I mean, I'm so hardcore about and this. And clearly film. not just in the woods. No. See? That's, that's, See? Yeah, that's they where that you, phrase comes from. Do bears screw in the hotel? They change. They said get a room. The bear is like, all right. Okay. <laughs> you seen those Charmin commercials? They use toilet paper. They're just like us. They're Bears are just like us. Don't be embarrassed. But I won't stay in a hotel that's in, in room two thirty-seven because of that oh, film. But I also won't stay in two two seven because of Jack A. So these are <laughs> problems. only Jack A. <laughs> For Marley Gibbs, I will stay yeah. in a two seven. No, it's I mean really two. Then I haven't seen the documentary. Have you guys seen the documentary? Yes, it was great. Yeah. Was it good? It, was really it good. stretches a lot. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. I, it. I love yeah. documentary, but I yeah. I heard it stretched and I was. Well, I'm not interested. Yeah. They didn't solve the bear suit for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, the great thing about is room 237, is that what you're talking yeah. about? Or is that the number? I've it's 237, yeah. Yeah, but the whole point of that is these are wild theories. The <laughs> fact is everybody's thought this much about this movie. I mean, I've got wild theories about uh, other kinds of movies and stuff, and I just enjoy having those. I don't care if they're true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's yeah. something just so magical about Jack Nicholson sitting in that huge cavernous like living room area and mm-hmm. just typing right. just ty- it's just like the use of sound yeah. the vi- i mean it's horrifying and then when the the labyrinth where where Danny's just like running and the breathing oh it's just terrifying i just mm-hmm. i Not love it the first it. time it's been brought up here people mention that as their favorite movie yeah. a couple times on the show well man the Danny's, guy just yeah i was going to say the, the the whole uh what is it Danny's oh. gone away mrs torrance like just like oh god it's the scariest <laughs> thing ever and then he starts foaming at his mouth oh yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. There's a hundred creepy things in that movie. They yeah. say that he, the director drove Shelley Duvall crazy, crazy to make her scream. Yeah. Poor Shelley Duvall. Oh. Isn't it always just a buyer, don't you? Yeah. Buyer, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. By whatever he, whatever he did, by the time she gives that performance, you're like, I think she's scared That's out of her mind. But just seeing Jack Nicholson would make me have that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 70s Jack? To my ass at the Lakers. Oh, Jack. Oh. Yeah. Scares the hell out of me every time. 70s Jack's pretty damn creepy. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go back to uh, <clears throat> your stand-up comedy career. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to know? Where, do you, where did you come from? Where did I come from? Yeah. My mother's vagina. Yeah. Where was that yeah. vagina when, when uh, you were born? Oh, I just want to tell you this. So uh, somebody, told me, somebody told me when you celebrate your birthday, you're celebrating the day that your face touched your mother's vagina. <laughs> yeah. My mom's vagina birthday's yeah. coming up. Oh I always call my mom and I wish her happy happy birthday for her because she's the one who did all the work. Yeah, so right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You apologize for what you did to her I'm vagina. I'm so sorry. I ruined your twat. Sorry about that. You can say that in New York, oh, right? Sure. Yeah, there we go. Did you, uh, did you start stand up in another city or did you just launch no, it I, I, I went to school in New York I, I st- my first time I ever hit, touched the stage was for stand up um, It was I was 18 years old and it was in Connecticut and then I went to the New York Comedy Club when I was like 20 
two, and then I moved out cross country to California because I'm from Connecticut, Massachusetts, a New England person. But I started stand up officially. Ten years ago, it's my ten year anniversary in January, and uh, and I've just been going full force ever since. I was able to quit my job after seven months of doing stand up really? and just and do it full time. What? Yeah, I've I've been very That's very impressive. lucky, and I've traveled the world. I went to Germany and did like the international gay games. I've done a bunch of cruises, like resorts in Mexico. Like I've I've traveled around. I, I've had a couple different talk shows on the Logo Network, and then I started getting, which I know you know, I started in the whole world of warm up comic comedy. On talk shows, Last Comic Standing, all these late night shows. Uh, yeah, how's that work? Like, what do you do as a, as a warm? So, so everybody's there. They're stiff. They're tired of standing outside at the CBS or whatever. It is a very interesting job because I'm sure all of you've been to tapings before. You know, you've seen me do warm yeah. up before, and I did for the Queen Latifah show. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, it was a good time. So I, I was on that show. I was very lucky because I was her sidekick too. So whenever they needed a really, fate, yeah. So whenever they needed, like I was like her. You were her, the Ed McMahon. I was Ed McMahon. I was uh, Andy Richter. Exactly. So whenever yeah. they needed a face to throw a pie in, I was the face. Like that's what oh, I did. That's fantastic. It was fa- it was a dream. I yeah. love her. She was fantastic. But the thing is. If you sit in an audience, you know it's not the most comfortable. It's freezing cold. You're there for a long time. Things are boring. They won't let you go to the bathroom. They won't feed you. You can't have a glass of water. It's just like middle school. It's just like, <laughs> just like that. It's terrible. It's absolutely so. What my you know I games you're taping the worst years of your life. Yeah. So please come and see me whenever you want. I'll get you free. It sounds tickets. so inviting. Yeah. Yeah. But but what I do and I and I I think it is a kind of a craft because a lot of people do this is I'm a I'm a concierge. I want to make sure everyone's happy and having a good time, and I think I do that. So I will make gifts and bring them to people I will buy candy out of my own you know paycheck to make sure people have a snack if you're sitting at Last Comic Standing for 8 hours because our first tapings mm. we have 25 mm. comics Whoa. doing you know 4 to 10 minutes and then we have commentary the same from, material each one of them right uh, sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah. it's people that get on the stage and yeah anyway yeah so you know if and, and as a warm up comic you have 187 episodes of a series of, of mm. a and we have people that are paid audience members or elderly people come up to a lot of these tapings because they're retired and so they come to every single show so you can't do the same material and a one hour taping turns into three hour taping I do three shows a day so I'm going to be on set tomorrow for nine hours sometimes with the same audience so you can't and you can't be political you can't talk I mean Uh I'm gay I don't talk about my wife no one ever tells me not to but we have international people that come that are like at you know Universal Studios tours we give them free tickets come come sit at the show sometimes they don't speak English so you're really just like one of those Italian mimes like how do you communicate tell people to have fun to make them laugh and smile without you know in a little box you know you got to make everybody feel good all the time so it's a lot of times I can't just give my point of view like you guys watching the election <laughs> you know F Trump it's got to be Hillary you can't do that because you never know who's sitting in the audience so my job is to be the professional cheerleader make everybody feel good I give people massages I, I have given people lap dances my parents are very proud <laughs> but you know I and every show has to be different I call it jazz is it a community wow. of you people warm ups. They're absolutely. Do you know Chunky is. B? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I know them all. I know <laughs> yeah, Gary Cannon over at uh, Conan. Yeah. Well, the reason Bridget and I met is because I should give a plug to Joe Kaplan, mm-hmm. who's been on the show before as well, who is making a documentary called "I'm Just Warming Up." Oh. And and he hired me title. to help. I get that. I get it. You with it? You understood that reference. <laughs> um, and Joe uh, brought me in to do videography and shoot Bridget's testimonials yeah. about. This Being very a warm-up thing. comic. Yeah. yeah. And I found it very interesting that you would have to go and be the warm-up for Last Comic Standing for a bunch of people to watch <laughs> a bunch of stand-up comics. Of which you are not one. I Did know. you ever compete on that show? I never competed on the show. I've been friends with the producer for many, many years. Um, and I work with... So now it's be, it got revamped after the first four years. And so it's produced by Paige Hurwitz and Wanda Sykes. And they have their own production company. So I work with them on all their projects. So whenever sure. they do pilots or whatever. I just... Two weeks ago, I did a pilot with them. So And I did... I opened for Wanda and did her... I did warm-up 
for her comedy special for Epics, which is coming out very soon. So, but I've never been on that show because last Comic Standing, when it first started, it was like a reality show. At some point, they were in a house oh, competing, yeah. and it's like that. whenever you. <laughs> I remember Dat Fan hanging out in that house with Ralphie May, and oh. yeah. And it's just so bleak, and it's mm-hmm. like you know the real world and all those kind of things. Especially back in the day when it first started, you're not you know you're getting your you don't even get 15 minutes of fame. You get three minutes of fame on those shows, and they edit you whatever you want, and they make you look like a yeah. jerk. And it's like that's not how I want my career to go. Yes, I hear that. Yeah, so, no, it's it's producer's will over everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that the first time you have to do nine hours mm-hmm. of jazz, mm-hmm. what is that like? <laughs> I got comedy th- jazz. Now you do you have a bunch of things you must fall back on, even though you don't do the same thing every day. You go, oh, okay, I can kind of go into there's this story things. or this. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple things I always. I mean, I always talk about astrology because everybody's. Uh, I'll, I'll celebrate people's birthdays, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff like that. I I do things where I make people. So if, if there's any, usually in a talk show, there are always women, and there's like one guy, and so I'll I'll pick on that one guy, like who you here with your wife? Ooh, let's make her. Let, do you want to win her a prize? And he'll be like, no. And everyone's like, woo. <laughs> and then I make them get up on stage. You know, this is before the hosts come out. And then I'll put on like Marvin Gaye, Let's Get It On. And just the music cue. Bear, 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 bear. Everybody screams. <laughs> yeah. And then if they're not into it, all of a sudden they get into it. So I immediately get people on my side because now they know this is not, they're part of the show. I think a lot of times some warm up comics, they'll be like, you know, it's like a separation. Like, oh, you guys are the audience and here's the show. But what I try to do is incorporate both and be like, no, you're part of the show. Because everybody, a lot of people that go there want to be friends with the host or they want to be on TV. How can I get on camera? And so I let them know, you guys, this is a safe space. You can. You guys, don't look them in the eyes. <laughs> uh, not the people I work with, but that is a true thing. Some people, maybe like Tom Cruise, don't want to be looked in the maybe, eye. Whatever. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. he doesn't have eyes. But I have, <gasps> it's just pure soul coming just- out of his head. So uh, as a stand-up comic, uh, and then also as a warm-up person who has to do nine hours, mm-hmm. and you're going to That's riff. not the usual. It's usually, okay. like, it's usually two to three. Well, much longer done, sets than I have anything done nine. Right, but it's normal. exhausting oh, yeah. right? oh my yeah. god I'm so sweaty so I know there's a divisive topic within the stand-up community known as crowd work yes and some people really bag on it and think mm-hmm. it's the worst thing you can do no and other comics think it's great as a warm-up, I assume you have to do crowd work. I'm mainly doing crowd work. But what I'm hosting at the but improv... But have you not heard that, that it's a, uh, that's a knock against? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. All right. Well, I, you can't do the I same. did say it, so... You no, know. no. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's all in line. Oh, you stupid boy, you. No, but you've I, never I, heard comics knock other um, comics for I've heard I've heard prop comics getting knocked. Well, I, I think there's, in like club comics, there's a hierarchy of like, oh, he's a crowd work yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. a guy that creates material. Well, and it depends on the show. Like, so. if I'm doing stand-up at a show, when I'm doing a show, I'm doing my stand-up. Yeah. I'm not yeah, just doing crowd work. Yeah, but if you were to do work as part of that some, some comics say well you're cheating for half of your set you're not really doing your material you're doing crowd work for the first five minutes and then the it's last five hours yeah I think so I'm I always think it's lame it. when any comic is criticizing other comics yeah. I, I did a show it, Amen. It, it was because uh, it's just whatever you do is fine as long as you're funny you're having you know whatever but uh, I was I was um, doing a show for MTV called Acting Out which is also coming out and it was a bunch of comics and it's kind of oh, like that's an drunk, improv show right uh, it's it's like drunk history so people do they, oh. people do stand up it's, it's a new show it's just it's just gonna be released in like the next couple weeks Oh. And so it's like it, the people are telling stories and then it cuts to reenactment. So I'm one of the reenactment people, oh, okay. but I was also the warm up comic for the show. So we were doing we were doing this taping and a bunch of comics came out and they did their bits or whatever. And I do my warm up and I'm very lucky that the audiences are always really with me. And one comic was 
was tanking. He was doing terrible. And he, and this is his time. He's on TV. And he starts ragging like, what? You guys should be laughing. I'm not the crappy warm-up comic. And nobody had ever said that to me before. And I literally like about to take my earrings off. I was like, <laughs> I was like they were laughing at me, bitch. Really? And that, I'd never realized that hierarchy of like, oh, and I maybe I, you know, like maybe that's how people feel for Last Comic Standing. But I know when I go there, because I've seen so many of my friends, Fortune Feimster, Aaron Foley, like a lot of my friends are on those shows. And it's like, I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, it's just it's just a different world. So if they think belittle me or think less of me, like, okay, that's your problem because, you know, you might have that spot on Last Comic Standing, but I get paid per episode for a talk show. I get I paid 187 episodes, and like the 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 rate for warm up on a talk show versus sitcom, you go from you know 420 bucks to 20 thousand dollars an episode. So you know, suck it, anybody that has a problem <laughs> yeah. with warm up. Have comics. fun in uh, yeah. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. Collect, uh, ho- hope they hope they don't stiff you on 150 bucks I mean, like the last time. I'm, I'm, chuckles exactly. bucket. <laughs> I chuckles I'm I'm the fluffer. You, I want I'm, my job is to make everybody excited for you. So don't piss me off because then right? l- let's start your setup. Right. You know? It's like it's like pissing off the lighting guy totally. in the theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I gotta be seen, so I should be nice to that guy. Exactly. <laughs> so if you're having a bad set, that's your business. But I mean, maybe people think it's 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 dumb to do, to do, but I think what it is, is it's incorporating everybody. And I usually, what if I'm hosting at the improv, like I will definitely do my jokes, but if I'm hosting, I, I will definitely do crowd work. I think it's good times. I think it probably says more about stamp comedians and the sort of attitudes within like who's successful or, mm-hmm. or this or that than it is like anything about the idea of that. It just seems like stamp comedians want to hate each other half the time too. Yeah. Like, they hate, they oh, hate okay. themselves. We have a really high suicide rate. But I mean, I don't think that would work for Jerry Seinfeld because he seems like he puts on his suit and he does his set. But at the same time, it's like if half the audience let, he left, he still did his set. Well, for me, if you're in a live room, you're not watching on TV, you're in a live room, what the experience you're having is this is the only time it's going to happen. So if there's a noise that goes off in the background, do you acknowledge it or do you just keep doing your material? It's like, no, I think it's funnier to acknowledge it. If somebody walks out, oh, like I will follow people like I just did a comedy special in Chicago and someone got up to go to the bathroom and I followed them to the bathroom. And I always ask for a wireless mic because I always want to wander. Uh-huh. I follow them to the bathroom and then awesome. you can hear them peeing and then Classic. I come back and I take their drink, you know, and it's like people you might You don't want like them that. to miss any of the show. I didn't want her. I was worried I don't want about you to miss any of the show. I'll do, exactly. this, I'll do my routine outside the stall. But, but I mean, that's funny to me. That's, that is funny. And the rest of the audience is listening to your jokes from yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes it different. It's like, then everyone's like, not like, well, I remember that joke, but it's like, remember when that girl followed the other girl to the bathroom? I'm never going to be in the bathroom. You know, it's like, I want people to feel present and they're having an experience when they're at my shows. That's a great skill set that you have that a lot of comedians don't have. You can just follow that person and keep the bit going. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a hell of a discipline you've, you've built up doing crowd work. I think if you're going to be a stand-up, you expect to fall on your face at some point. So you might as well just do it. And you know mm-hmm. when you've crossed a line, like I have climbed on people before that didn't want to be climbed on. I always get told by the Warner, the Warner Brothers security to stop climbing on the furniture. And then I do it anyway because it makes me laugh. So. What, what's, I don't know if the word is easier, but uh, sitcom, talk show, or game show? Uh, talk show. Game shows, uh, uh, um, sitcom is too long for me. Sitcom, and, and it's a very much, because that's an eight hour, 12 hour, whatever. And what's nice about it is they actually feed them. They bring in pizza, which I always think is funny. They always bring in like really crappy pizza in the four hour mark. But it's very separated. It's like they're down there doing their thing and we're up here and we're separated. What I yeah. do is like, I'm like, you know, if it's a talk show, it's like, oh, they just talked about her her sister sleeping with her boy ex-boyfriend. Would anyone do that here? Really? So it's like, I prefer that because I like things to be interactive and so when it's a sitcom we literally are on a different plane like the sitcoms are low and mm-hmm. they're they're like ground level and we're like two stories up just looking down peering down so mm-hmm. 
I yeah, prefer through equipment too, and you know I, when I've been to those yeah, like it's hard to the see camera in the way sometimes you can't it's see hard. stuff. Hard. Yeah, there's they a column, there's giant lighting thing in the way, and then they keep doing jokes over and over again that weren't funny the first time, and now yeah. we're doing it ten other times. And, then and is it on you it. then to sit there and go, come on, yeah, <gasps> really laugh, guys? Yeah, yeah. it's just fake. Because that's hard to do. Because I filled in for Joe once on Card Sharks. You did? Yeah. You did How crowd work that? on Card Sharks? I did. That's amazing. But it was, what did you but, think? Well, I, it was hard work. I, hard. I don't it, Because, I mean, it's just constant with the yelling and the mm-hmm. excitement about every Everything. little thing. You know, and so that's really just, not your personality. You're not Mr. Yell and Jump Around. very sad. No, I'm, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> <You're> hosty. <laughs> he's very hosty, but You're he's definitely not guy. like, let's do dance contests. No, I'm not. No. So it was difficult. But also just like constant... Yell, guys! Energy, energy, energy! Che- Screaming, yelling, cheering, da da da! Like, but you gotta find a way five hours. to motivate rather than yell because you can't scold them because then they're just gonna hate you. Yeah, you have, well, to, I mean, you have to be their best friend. You have yeah. to be their guardian. You're like, oh, I know. And you. give them candy. And give them candy. <laughs> but sometimes shows won't pay for it because they're too cheap. They'll pay for all this other crap, but then they won't pay for that. So that's why I. Buy I don't it think. Sometimes. I think. Yeah, we came with the stuff. That's great. Yeah, Joseph, go buy a bag of candy at the dollar store. It makes yeah. all the difference. Oh, dollar store. Now you got to get the good stuff. Come on. No, he got the, we got the Snickers miniatures. That, that's, that's classic. Yeah, don't, but, go where, don't go where the classic. Uber drivers go. But it's fun to give away <laughs> dollar store gifts, though, for prizes. Fun. You yeah. know, like you've won the Menendez Brothers autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great book, by the way. That's a plug right there. <laughs> Very twist ending. A lot of people don't know how that ends. I saw Bart was making notes. What are you making notes on? Oh, I have I have things to say later on. Oh, what are we, uh, why can we do it now? This is like, well, we have left is Karen's birthdays. Yeah. My, oh, okay. My, oh, something for sorry. That. Yeah. Oh, I see. Karen's oh, he's right. Prepping, <laughs> bit prepping. Good boy. Uh, Thank so you. you were telling stories. happened before. You boy. <laughs> Good boy. Don't do it. Come on. I, I, was, I was slightly aroused. So. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, we love movies. Or I heard you earlier talking about being involved with one. Yes. Wanted. Yes, I did want it. I was in Wanted. I was the checkout girl when James McAvoy came in with the uh, with the peanut butter. Really? Yeah, it was the last shot of the whole movie. We shot that in Chicago. We shot that in Prague too. But it was like two o'clock in the morning. Ugh, it's a lot of night shoots. And uh, I was in the trailer because yeah, I worked with the executive producer, so I was his assistant. And so I was in the trailer. And it, like I was, we had the, you know it's bad when you have a wrap party the night before. So we had a, we had like a weird shooting schedule. So we had the wrap party, and at a wrap party, everybody gets drunk. Uh-huh. Some people do cocaine. I'm not saying who, and go crazy, and then they tell. Everybody, how they really feel about them, <laughs> and we're not wrapped because we have to shoot the next day, oh, wow. and never no one wants to look at each other in the eye. That's great. And then, so I was in the trailer, like I'm not coming out of the trailer, and then they're like Bridget, and I'm walking. I'm like, yes, they're like we need you on set. I'm like, oh, like I don't think I showered. I was like, oh. So they were like, we we're gonna have you be the checkout person. I was like, on camera? Are you serious? And so they put me in wardrobe, and I have like a stain on my shirt, and they're like, no, it looks good that you look greasy. Like my hair is up like this, and I'm just like scanning peanut butter at like two in the morning. Morning. I'm like you bastards! Like probably, it's probably an accurate yeah, representation awesome. of the, uh, yeah, the There's, hourly paid labor that, at the uh, yeah. grocery store. It was good. I'm still getting residuals from that. That was from 2007. Yeah, yes. I got my wow. SAG card from that. Good so girl, thank you. Thank a you. good woman. The, who was the there you, go. you can you call me a girl. You can thank call me you. a fetus. Whatever you want to call fetus. me. You fetus. You go fetus. But who was the EP that you worked for? I work for Jim Lemley. Oh, so it wasn't for Teamer Beckmembetal. Did we get that wrong? That is. Is that a computer pronouncing? That is. Yes. That is. We pulled that off of Wikipedia. Wikipedia is way off. Is that how you Timur Beckman-Badoff. I would never pronounce it that way. <laughs> Timur Beckman-Badoff is his name. Oh. Yay. Now we know. Timur Beckman-Badoff. Timur Beckman-Badoff. Can you wow. say it very cleanly for us? Yeah, so yes, we can say hear it. This right. in our... We're going to use 80s lingo. We're going to cart that. Okay. Yeah. Timur Beckman-Badoff. Well, not like that. No, say well, it. you said it. What? No, Timur Beckman-Badoff. Timur Beckman-Badoff. There we go. There's a clean one. 
Is that good? So we're going to use that. So you got to know him? That's yes, cool. I know him very well, actually. Oh, cool. He's lovely. I know his wife, Varia, and his, who's the costume designer on that, and his daughter, Varia, who's now an adult. And what? Yeah, they're fantastic. They're what? so nice. They're real. You know when you Wow, for such better. crazy movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I love when that guy's brilliant. a sweetheart. Like a, <laughs> a nice guy. Didn't Toby Hooper, like, a, like a, who's, who's the, like this big softy? That's a, a big direct. Maybe Wes Craven, perhaps, was a big softy. And he makes yeah. these nightmarish Lynch. movies. David Lynch is my favorite softy of yeah. all the ones that have like, the a, twisted crazy. The guy's just crazy. <laughs> no. Yeah, Timur Bekmambetov. Oh, my gosh. Don't ever. That's terrible. Bekmambetov. That's terrible. Like yeah, that? he's lovely, and he is someone that does everything In my defense, top to weird last name. It is a weird, it's a Russian name. It's the totally internet right. had it wrong. The internet. The internet's never wrong. We had it wrong. Yeah. The internet. So uh, you, so there's a, uh, I mean, that's a ton of movie. So you were there for the whole shoot and everything. I for worked. That? I, mean, that's I worked a, from the beginning, from when we were trying to figure out if we we're going to cast Paul Walker or or oh, wow. James McAvoy. I bought to that kid. I'm stop sorry. it. You are, can you cut that out? McAvoy. He was just no. An X-Men, live with it. Live, just an X-Men yeah, apocalypse. Yeah. I, I don't know how to cut it. Live with I'm your sorry. bad mistake. Anyway, I actually went and bought. I went over to Sports Chalet and I bought the gun for their screen test. And they were trying to decide if they wanted if they wanted McAvoy or, or Paul Walker. So yeah. What kind of gun? What a gun? You <laughs> yeah, bought a exactly. gun for a screen? Yeah, you have to explain that. Well, you know, they needed a gun. Like but a pellet they, gun. But, but it was a pellet gun. But okay. you have to. You had to get a gun that didn't have the because now legally you have those like it has to have the little red yeah. thing on it. So I had to go get a special gun, which I think I spent like sixty bucks. It wasn't anything crazy. But I had to go to like Sportello that was like some special kind of tracking gun. So I didn't have that red distracting thing because we we're sending it to the studio to look at. So yeah. And they shot the gun, and they liked James better. Because, as we're all, I, I think that every week we explain to our audience that casting directors don't have much of imagination. So you have to make sure the little orange doohickey is distracting on the end of the right. Because because he he will give the performance of his life, yeah. and you will give a twenty minute shot of him doing this whole thing, and they'll go, "What's with the the orange doohickey? <laughs> yeah. What?" That's insane. Yeah, it's distracting. To, you have to plan ahead. So. What is the what is the lead woman who's in who's in the Fujis? What was her name? Uh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. So mm. we wanted originally want we like I'm part of this. Uh, they, <laughs> they wanted uh, they had Lauren Hill audition for Fox because that's in the in the comic book. Fox is an African American uh, character, and they ended up casting Angelina Jolie, who I don't know if you guys know this, but she's not black. Oh, so wait, they wait, changed wait. that. I don't wait. see color. Yes, I don't see color. You don't see color. Imagine <laughs> because see I have girls. bad seats. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you know everything changed. When you when you put it, something that's written down onto uh, the screen, the ending of that movie is just maniacal. Because that's not how it's supposed to end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, that might be why. Okay, I love you, Timor. It was a great movie. Good. It was a good movie. <laughs> I saw it. I went Timur. to Beckmembetov. Beethoff. He's, he's a learning. nice guy, guys. That's not right. That's uh, we'll not re-record right. that, Paul, or we'll just use hers. Yeah. <laughs> I did like. Uh, well, no, I like him. Uh, what were those early movies he made? Nightwatch and Nightwatch. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, of course so Abraham Lincoln. Vampire, vampire Hunter. Yeah, yeah. My parents, because I talked about that movie. Great ending. Great, yes, based movie. on a true story. My my uh, <laughs> my father-in-law called me because I I love the book. I didn't even know he was doing it until, and I already read the book, and I was so excited that he was doing it. And I sent the book to my father-in-law, and I was like, "This is so awesome!" And he called me totally because he's from Virginia. He's very he's very literal, and he was like, "You do realize that this is not true?" Yeah. <laughs> like he seriously, I was like, "Yes, I know." What's wrong with you? I didn't. <laughs> yes, Craig. I know. That's adorable. It is cute. And the genius of that movie is it's 
consistently not true. <laughs> it is not true always. And it takes itself very seriously and it goes through complete machinations, a complete plot because Abraham Lincoln is a vampire yes. hunter and therefore there are plots on that. But everything it's predicated on is not true. And you forget because you get all wrapped up in yep. the running down trains and things are blowing up and stuff like that and you go... <clears throat> This is Abraham Lincoln fighting vampires. Yeah. Like at any it's moment of that movie, you could crack up to yourself and go, this what? is ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> but, it's, but it's committed. I love it's when very committed. commits yeah. to the story. Commitment. Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, real quick, though, before we go to Karen's birthdays, favorite Tom Cruise movie? I love Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I have seen, I've probably seen all of his movies. I don't like him when he plays serious characters. Um, Favorite? Ugh, it's hard. Okay, there are no War wrong of the answers. World. World, 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 World. Oh, wow. That's which, a good one. You're right. It scared me so much because I did. I love action. I love action films so yeah. much. I love apocalypse disaster stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I saw it at the Grauman's Chinese Theater and I was so excited and I sat down and and I did not know the history about how it was a radio play and all the Oh, back. no? I didn't know. And so I thought it was going to be like a fun <gasps> like Independence Day. Like, yeah. F you aliens good. USA and as I started smoking watching cigars, it, cracking jokes, and punching I aliens in the face was horrified. Nope. I started scary, crying. Yeah. I was like, "This is too real." They started evaporating. It was horrible. But he's good. Okay, he's good. If you might not like him, I don't. I don't think I'd be friends with him at all. I think he's a weirdo. I think a lot of people can agree he's a weirdo. Whatever. I think a lot of people can agree. Most of them are. Yeah. Yes. I love Mel Gibson to death. Mm-hmm. What did uh, what did Ron yep. Babcock say about hanging out with Tom Cruise? Well, he, he said he said he, he he didn't hang out with him, but he just said he felt like uh, just meeting him for uh, ten minutes would be like a two week cleanse. Yes. <laughs> I just think that he believe every character that he plays, where it's like the only person that can save us is Tom Cruise, and I think he believes that. And he's going to be back in two weeks, Jack Reacher. <gasps> oh man, he'll be kicking. I bad mean, guys I'll go asses. see it. Bart and I will be there. Yep. <laughs> hey, be nice. Are we doing? I wanted was for you to go to a movie together. Yeah. We're so going to hold hands. Reacher. You girls go to the movie together. <laughs> us ladies. <laughs> you ladies. All right, let's get on to Karen's uh, right. big finally or finale, whatever you want to call it. It's Karen's look at the birthdays finally, of the those finale. who make the movies. <laughs> it's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. Karen's birthdays. All right, let's get the birthdays going here with, uh, at the beginning of the show, I did a little nod to this birthday boy because it is Zach Wood's birthday. He turns 32. You may say uh, he can play anywhere from who am I talking about to the tour guide in the beginning of Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that guy, I'd never seen him before. That's what I was just going to say. So I'd never seen him before until I saw Ghostbusters. And I was, you know, the first time I saw the new Ghostbusters, I was nervous. What's going to happen? Is it going to be any good? Right out of the gate, first guy I see is him. And he does that great monologue about this is where P.T. Barnum enslaved elephants. So many jokes. So (laughs) good. So that made me feel a little bit better. And also just his acting and the fact that it seemed like we were going back into that world, that very specific Ghostbusters world, and here's this very quirky character that takes what he's doing very seriously. Loved all that. So I was like, what else has this guy done? And it's back and the forth office, with Ed right? Bagley. Yes, he's yeah, it's so good. <laughs> he's done everything. He was in The Office, yeah, Arrested office. Development. Yeah. He played a small role in that. The other guys, Spy, he, The Heat, both Silicon with Melissa McCarthy. Valley? Mm. Silicon Valley, currently on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does drunk history stuff, yeah, which we all love drunk history. And then he was in the um, something called Mascots. That's, oh, yeah. that's coming out. Is that coming out? Okay. Christopher Guest. Yeah, that's, that's coming the out. new Christopher that's Guest. Awesome. They got the band back together, oh, and he's so doing a, one of those so uh, mockumentaries about people playing mascots and sporting and how it, it actually oh, is a wow. real thing. People take it really yeah. seriously. Oh, yeah. Well, you would have to because I think you have to be like a huge fan of the different teams and stuff, and then you must have rivalries with the other mascots. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Just be on like Netflix. teams. Yeah. I knew a, we we knew a guy in in uh, at Miami University. We knew a guy for four years 
And only when he was a senior did I find out that he was the chicken at the, uh, <gasps> you didn't at the know? Miami basketball. And that person is yeah. Bart. Bart. Hey, Bart, you're as good as the chicken. I'd like to come out right now as a chicken. <laughs> Steve Heinrich. I mean, it's like, and it was like. Oh, my God. I, you, yes. He yes. Was, I forget. I read the mascot's name. What was it? I, I don't know. It was Tommy Hawk, wasn't it? Yeah, Tommy Hawk. Okay. Yeah. That's and like it, a little celebrity. And, and it was like, but it was like finding out your friend is Superman or something. You're like, yeah. what, what, what is going on? That's, also, been, that's been you for four years and you kept it completely under wraps? Crazy. You didn't see the costume hanging in his closet? No. Oh, chicken. There was a random feather around him. <laughs> What's this all about? But also, if you knew Steve, it all made sense. It all sense. made sense. Oh of God. course you How are. could I not know yeah. Bruce Wayne was Batman? Of course. Who else would be? <laughs> So on that note, let's wish another birthday to our favorite birthday boy and friend of the show, Mr. Lou Temple. Yay! Yay. Louie turns 49. He can play anywhere from a fry cook to a zombie. And we had Lou in here. And Paul, do your little Lou impersonation because I love it. Hey, I want to see that other moving one with Emily Blunt. (laughs) Whatever. It always starts with, hey. Hey. (laughs) So great. So Lou Temple. now. Hey. Yes. Worst days of my life for junior high. <laughs> he's probably best known for his work as the role of Axel on The Walking Dead. And he said that on IMDb about working on The Walking De- Dead that you never wanted to get too comfortable with the character or the other cast members. <laughs> I think about that time and you feel fairly secure, but then your appreciation dies off because you never know when the show's going to gut punch you. Yeah. Appreciation never... dies off, then you do. Well, then you die that off. That Game of Thrones. Don't get comfy. Don't and by the way, hashtagging Walking Dead uh, would be good for this episode since we mentioned it because that got a lot of we we got a lot yeah. of watch uh, viewers and listens. For, That's true. From That's Lou good. And Lou Temple was just so fantastic yeah, when he great. was on the show. He was super adorable and funny. He'd been on the um, the movie Waitress, the independent oh, film. Yeah. With Carrie and, Russell. Yeah, and he got to make out with what's her name on that? Uh, Chrissy Hine. Not Chrissy Hine. That's the Pretenders. Um, Cheryl, Hines. The Cheryl Hines. Yeah, yeah he makes out with her. He and he's in all he's, of Rob Zombie. Movies. Who has? I, I was gonna have him bring that up wow. in a second. He was also an Unstoppable. She's married to a Kennedy. Oh, yeah. oh good for her. She is. A Kennedy Kennedy or an in-law Kennedy? A Kennedy Kennedy. <laughs> like a Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> Not a Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Now, prior to acting, I Jamie Bouvier <laughs> Kennedy, I guess. This, this is, is a real fun movie. fact for you, Bart. Uh, I don't know if you realize <laughs> this about our show, Bridget, but all of our facts, I require they be fun. Oh, This it. one's kind of fun. Did you know that Lou Temple had a minor league baseball career? No. With the what? Seattle Mariners? Yes, what? and also the what? Houston Astros. Yeah, he worked his way through the Astros system to become an assistant director of minor leagues and scouting. What wow. position did Lou Temple play? He I was wonder. in charge of scouting. Oh, wow. hey, uh, I was comfortable, more comfortable down in Houston. <laughs> hey, hey, that guy can throw a ball. <laughs> and uh, he also now he wasn't just in independent films. He's also made his way to a Disney blockbuster. What Disney blockbuster was he in, you guys? Ooh, wow. Uh, and you already talked about oh, wait. Army Hammer in Birth of a Nation. He's in this with Army oh, Hammer. Oh, it's the Lone Ranger. Right? It's yeah. the Lone Ranger. Did anybody see that film? I did. Yes. I saw it too. Okay. See my, it the and my time. theater was empty. Nobody yeah. went and saw it. It was on like Easter or some holiday. As soon as the uh, theme song to the Lone Ranger starts, it can do no wrong. It becomes amazing. But, but I, up till then, it's okay. I saw it at the New Beverly uh, as well, and I 
the, it's not just then. The last like hour of that movie is really valid. It really gets going nicely. It's, it's there's there's actually very little wrong. I found the last time. It's the museum stuff with Johnny Depp. Yeah. I do not know what that's <laughs> what is going on there because even the Tonto portrayal. Yeah. It, I mean, they deepen that like they didn't need to go that far to take the silver mine to make that the silver bullets to yeah. make him responsible. They tied all that stuff in. Anyway, I, yeah, the museum Karen stuff sometimes right. likes to trick you with her questions by. Using words like blockbuster and then the Lone Ranger. Ah, I'm very clever. Throws that you way. off the scent. A it, it totally so does. But then Adam had made a little. Uh, he made a nod to Rob Zombie's The Devil's Rejects, mm-hmm. and so yes. So our boy Lou Temple was in that, and I, this is just. I got into this crazy wormhole because I was working on celebrity singing, and. Uh, Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true. This is going to happen to you a lot now that you've been on the show. People are going to come up to you, and they're going to say, hey, tell me two interesting things about that girl, Karen Volpe. And I say, wait a minute. Karen Volpe is all woman. Thank you. That is the first interesting thing I tell them. And then I tell them, Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I do. I love it so much that I thought, you know that Lou Temple, he must have a singing voice. So I started looking up him singing, and instead... I found this most fascinating thing from that Rob Zombie movie. He had this banjo and Sullivan, or fictitious country duo, that are killed off early in the movie. And everybody liked them so much, he was wondering what banjo and Sullivan might sound like. So Temp- Lou Temple, he handed Rob Zombie a copy of Soul Brother. It's the latest album from his friend, Jesse Dayton. So then Jesse Dayton and Lou Temple got together oh with a pretty big bottle of white label Jim Beam <laughs> and wrote ridiculous country <gasps> songs. Wow. So as, as the characters? As Banjo and oh, Sullivan. And they have something called The Ultimate Collection. It's an album of fictional <laughs> songs from these fictional characters. Oh and God. they're fantastic. And I think, I can't even remember which one we're going to play. Something about the balls or something. What is this one called? Do you remember? I was up trucks in a gravel parking lot. Looked at my road, he said, ready or not. Splashed on half a rod, he ready to run my race. Took a look around, there was no woman in the place. Dick Soup. Dick Soup. Oh, That's yeah. it. a good name for this Dick episode, right? <laughs> you fell right into that one, Bridget. Right when you walked in, you go, great, Dick Soup. That's actually my nickname in college. Perfect. <laughs> so happy birthday, Lou Temple, friend of the show. All right, and that wraps another movie showcast. Together, we're the movie guys. Individually, we are. Boy, we're all talking over each other. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Movie Guys, Facebook.com slash the Movie Guys, iTunes, Instagram, Google Plus, all that stuff. And thank you once again to all of the listeners on WRFA yes. 107.9 in Jamestown. We're coming there in a couple of weeks. Get a hold of us so you can be on the show. Uh, thanks to Bridget McManus. Yay! Thank you guys so much for having me. That was so much fun. You clearly are a warrant person. There was not a pause. You didn't miss a beat. Nothing was Perfect. I mean, that was just it was that was the most amazing. I do not think there was a shred of silence in this Sorry? episode. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. You said you're warm but up. give us the plugs. You got social out there. Uh, where if people you can find you? everything on BridgetMcManus.com, everything's on everything. there. You can go to all my. You can find Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all there. One nudie pictures, all of naked it. pictures of my mom. I went there. Crying. Bios, reels, reels, photos, bios, photos, con- oh, yeah, stuff. regrets, everything. BridgetMcManus.com. <laughs> yes. You can put that there. And thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. Next week, Ben Affleck's accountant. Mm. No, but sorry, Ben Affleck in the account. Oh, oh. that brilliant. would be more interesting. Yes. The other one. You're right. And a new. Kevin Hart movie. Oh, I love... You know what? I love the Kevin Hart. He's actually under the table right now. Oh, my God. I love Kevin Hart. Oh, what is he doing under there? See you then. Let's ride. You know, Dick Soup sounds like a name of a lawyer I wouldn't trust. (laughs)
See, I would trust him. Ah! <laughs>